Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. As Robert Kennedy would say, uh, I, uh, I uh, just got my uh, hair cut uh, yesterday. I don't think I need to uh, get it cut again. This is the news from the Lord. Cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play. Or the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Stop it, you just didn't do it again. He's trying to copy me. Enough! Hello, America. My name is Jeffrey Lord, a.k.a. the Lord of Lordsville. And I'm here to take you down today, memory lane. We're going to have two spins in the old time capsule. The very first one, and all of this involves, I should say, America's friend, Joe Biden. (laughs) And we're going to start our first hop into the uh, time capsule is going to take us back to 1968. And I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, okay, okay, okay. I was 17 years old. Yes, in fact, once upon a time, I was 17. And my Republican parents, I was driving them a little bit to exasperation. They had been serious Republican activists when we lived in Massachusetts, where I was born. Uh, My father held Calvin Coolidge's seat on the city council. My mother was the chair of the Hampshire County Republican Women. Dad, in great partisan fashion, uh, had uh, spent some time with then-Senator John F. Kennedy. And I, uh, once the 1960 campaign was over, in which they were all for Nixon, um, became a big JFK fan and fan of his brother, Bobby. So shift ahead now to 1968. We're living in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'm 17. I'm a huge fan of Robert Kennedy. I've written to the campaign. I've got the poster. I still have it. I I got the bumper sticker, the official Kennedy bumper sticker, which I have pinned up in the other wall. I got the official Kennedy for president button. It's a little uh, button that's half orange and half blue with Kennedy written across it. And I was about all things Bobby. So I'm now going to a high school that has 2,000 kids in it. I'm a complete stranger. I get uh, my homeroom elects me to the student council because nobody else wanted to do the job. So they give it to the new kid, right? Well, little did they know, (laughs) little did they know I really take to this. So I get to the end of my junior year and they're going to have elections for student council president. Of course, I was interested. And my sort of mentor there, student council member says, Jeff, you're brand new here. You, you, you can't win this. You know, you, you, why don't you run for treasurer, something that nobody wants? I, of course, said, no, 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 I'm going to run for president. <laughs> so the big day, the entire 2000 members of the student body are in the gym and I'm running against the vice president of the student council, who is the perfect all-American kid. 
he is a football star. He is vice president of the student council. He's dating the beautiful cheerleader. I mean, literally all of this was true. And he gets up and his misfortune was that he, you know, he was as a public speaker. So I got up. My parents were there sitting off to the side and they said, are you sure you can do this? And I said, yeah, mama. So I got up. And of course, being from New England and being a Bobby Kennedy fan, I knew how to imitate him. And at in the day, the uh, problem that a lot of kids had was that their <clears throat> their hair was too long. <laughs> and in mine, I had been called out by the principal for having sideburns, uh, right? And uh, so, and since I was on the student council at that point, just as a regular member, they thought this was not a good example. So I had to, you know, cut my sideburn back. Bobby Kennedy was noted for the length of his hair, particularly at that point. Now, at that point, this is May of 1968. He's still alive and very much running for president. So I said, uh, you know, I was told that I should uh, get my hair cut. And then I paused and looked out at the crowd and I said, as Robert Kennedy would say, uh, I, uh, I uh, just got my uh, hair cut uh, yesterday. I don't think I need to uh, get it cut again. Well, the kids just went ballistic. I won <laughs> in a landslide, which just uh, just absolutely blew my parents' mind. It blew my student council mentor's mind. I mean, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> well, then, of course, tragedy strikes. And in early June, I think it was June 4th of 1968, Senator Kennedy has just won the California Democratic primary and uh, they're ushering him back through the crowded hotel kitchen where he comes face to face with, I still can't believe this, Sirhan Sirhan, who was a Palestinian who hated Robert Kennedy because of his pro-Israel stance. And Sirhan was standing on a kitchen serving tray of some sort, looking down at Kennedy as he was beginning to pass. He pulled out a gun, fired several times, wound up killing Senator Kennedy, wounding some others who were there. Well, of course, this threw all of America into mourning. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. 1968 had seen just a couple months earlier the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And of course, five years earlier, President Kennedy himself had been assassinated in Dallas, Texas. So this was like the third time, and it was really bad. I, of course, was stricken, but I persuaded my Republican mom, who didn't need much persuading. She was always encouraging her kid to go be his kid, be himself. We got on a bus from Allentown, rode to uh, New York City, stood in line for something like five hours in the June heat so that I could go through St. Patrick's Cathedral, where he was laying in state, and touch the flag on the casket, which we did. I came home, of course. And about, I don't know, two months later or so, out comes in the fashion of the day, uh, long playing records, which were uh, just collections of uh, Robert Kennedy's speeches. So little geek that I was, I sat in my room for hours on end and memorized these speeches. Okay, fine. Now we'll hop in the time capsule again and we will move up to September, actually to February of 1987. It's a Friday. I am a uh, working in the White House for President Ronald Reagan, where I am a White House political director, and it is snowing to beat the band. 
out there in Washington. And as any of you who may have lived in Washington knows, Washington has no idea of how to deal with snow, which by then I'd lived in Washington for about 10 years, uh, I well knew. And so, of course, the entire town vacated and, you know, got in their cars and went home to Northern Virginia or Maryland or wherever. I lived on Capitol Hill, so I could get home easily enough. Having grown up in New England, I love the snow. This is great with me. But the entire White House, other than President and Mrs. Reagan over in the mansion and the Secret Service, the staff was gone. So I was alone in my office thinking, what do I do? Well, I know, says geeky little me, I'll put on C-SPAN and see what's up. So there I am sitting alone. I turn on C-SPAN and who is on C-SPAN but Senator Joe Biden, who was running for president. Now, at that point, he was also chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and we were in the middle of this mammoth battle to confirm Robert Bork to the Supreme Court, which, of course, famously, we finally lost. And he was running the hearing. He was also running for president. And so what C-SPAN was showing was Joe Biden addressing the California Democratic Convention, making his pitch to run for president. So I sat there in the White House listening and began to realize suddenly I was getting to the end of his sentences before he was. And I thought to myself, that isn't Joe Biden, that's Robert Kennedy. And I knew exactly where the speech had been given. It was given at the University of Manhattan, which is in Kansas. And, and Bobby Kennedy had been out there campaigning for president. And he gave his, this lovely speech about the gross national product and how it doesn't measure the, uh, the play of our children and the quality of our life and all of this kind of thing. And here are these very words coming from Joe Biden. And of course, I knew it. Well, I didn't do much about it at the time. It's February. This is before the whole Bork episode and, and, and all of this. And I think I may have mentioned it to a reporter for the Washington Times, but nothing happened. I didn't really expect anything to happen. Now shift ahead to September of 1987. Joe Biden is not just running for president. He's running for president against uh, a fellow Democrat named Governor Michael Dukakis. And the Dukakis campaign has discovered that, lo and behold, Joe Biden has plagiarized from the then British Labor Party leader, a guy by the name of Neil Kinnock. And uh, I can't remember the whole thing exactly, but it went something like with Kinnock saying, you know, why am I the ex-member of generation of my family, the one with a college education? Why does my wife, why do I, as a descendant of coal miners and all this kind of thing? And then they would flash to Joe Biden giving a speech. Why am I, <laughs> the ex-member of my generation, have a college education? Why does my wife have, why do the coal miners, my family from Scranton, <laughs> It was amazing. Well, this blew up big time. And interestingly, Dukakis was so mad at his own campaign manager that he fired him for doing this. But this went everywhere. And the Biden campaign and Biden himself had to come out and say it was an accident. We, we just we didn't realize and we should have said something, et cetera. Um, and the campaign said Biden doesn't plagiarize. <coughs> I thought to myself, you know, self, that's not true, and you can prove it. So <laughs> I picked up the phone and called 
the New York Times and spoke to Maureen Dowd, now a longtime columnist with the New York Times, who was then covering the Biden campaign. I told her this. She was, suffice to say, astonished. She couldn't believe it. And because she had been getting all these denials, right? And they were trying to accuse Maureen of having an axe to grind. I mean, she was not a happy camper, but, you know, I had to take them at their word. She said, can you prove this? I said, oh, yes, I can. So that weekend, I, or that day, today was a Friday, that happened to be Friday also, I think, I jumped in my car, drove home to my family home, my parents' home here in Pennsylvania, went down to the basement, retrieved my Bobby Kennedy records in pristine condition, made sure that I listened to it again on the old Victrola that mom and dad had. <laughs> yes, indeed, I was right about where the speech was. I, I, I went through the lines, all of it. And Hot said goodbye to mom and dad, hopped back in the car, went back to Washington. By Monday morning, I was hand-delivering it to the New York Times, Washington Bureau. That was Monday. On Wednesday at about 5.30 in the morning, the phone rings and I'm groggy and I pick it up. It's CBS radio. <laughs> um, there's a story in the New York Times today. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh no, oh my God. So of course I go and pick, get out. You know, at that point you weren't reading the New York Times on a computer. You had to go get the physical New York Times. So I go and get it. And sure enough, there is a front page story out there in the New York Times bylined by Maureen Dowd. And the headline was, Biden is facing growing debate on his speeches. And on the inside page, there was this subhead, notice at the White House. And it read, quote, at the White House, N. Jeffrey Lord, associate director in the Office of Political Affairs, was watching as Senator Biden spoke. A devout Robert Kennedy fan as a youth who keeps a print of the Jamie Wyeth portrait of John Kennedy in his office at the Reagan White House, Mr. Lord had listened to a memorial record of Robert Kennedy's speeches so often that he knew them by heart. As Senator Biden spoke, Mr. Lord found himself suddenly reciting the words along with him. Quote, I was finishing sentences before he was, unquote, said Mr. Lord, who called the New York Times to point out the similarities. Quote, I wanted to listen because Biden had such a reputation as a great speaker that I wanted to hear him. But suddenly I realized the speech wasn't Joe Biden. It was Robert Kennedy. He was repeating the exact language without attributing it. I was really ticked. Unquote. Well, Suffice to say, this ignited more controversy with Biden coming out and his, his, his staff coming. Oh, it was a mistake. He doesn't do this. Well, by now, the media, which was infinitely more honest then than it is today, uh, hopped onto this story. And I believe it was Leslie Stahl at CBS who discovered that he'd had the same accusation thrown at him when he was in law school. And I suddenly, to my amazement, I mean, this is the first time in my life, my young life, I had made the New York Times. And it was not like I was, you know, sitting plotting how to do this, right? And suddenly I'm, I'm the toast of uh, the media here. I get invited to uh, uh, a dinner hosted by a CBS correspondent. And I walk in and there is Leslie Stahl sitting on a sofa and she pats it and says, you come sit by me. 
which I did. We had a lovely evening. Of course, the big thing is that it was only a few days after that that Joe Biden held a press conference and announced that, yes, indeed, he was withdrawing from the race for president. He was out. So now let's move up to today because this memory uh, stirs over allegations from President Trump that Joe Biden has, yes, indeed, plagiarized Biden's quote unquote buy American proposal from the president's America first ideas and that his ideas about manufacturing and American jobs and all of this are taken straight from the Trump campaign. And the president was catching a little flack from the media because the president went out there and said, and I'll read it exactly, quote, he plagiarized from me, but he can never pull it off. He likes plagiarizing, unquote, said the president. So I just wanted to say to President Trump, yes, Mr. President, yes, Joe Biden does like plagiarizing. And as I can tell you, Mr. President, I can personally attest that he did it. Thanks. And we'll see you next time.